Welcome to the Ephesiology Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the study of the early Christian movement and its implications for the church today. Today we are joined, as always, uh, with Michael, our resident ephesiologist. My name is Andrew Johnson. I am associate pastor at Neartown Church, and we are joined by Chad Clarkson. Uh, Chad is the director of of HCPN, the Houston Church Planting Network. And I'm now getting into your title, Chad, and I realized, have you had a director, a title change now that we've had some shifting at HCPN? No, it's it's still the same. Okay, so wrong with that. Uh, Chad um, isn't just a friend. He also offices about uh, 500, 600 feet from me. Uh, so we're in the same complex. We get to see each other a lot. But for our listeners, uh, Chad, they don't know you and they yep. may not know what HCPN is. And so uh, would you mind just telling us a little bit about who you are and maybe some of the most important things about you? Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, so Chad Clarkson, great to be on here today. Uh, Andrew Michael, so thanks for having me. Uh, I was, I'm from the Midwest, grew up in Iowa, born and raised in Iowa, where I lived probably for the first 22 years of my life, probably close to that. And then from there, uh, spent some time in South Carolina, a uh, little time in Colorado, and eventually made my way uh, to Texas. So I am married uh, I'm married a Texan. That's kind of how I ended up here. Part of the story. <laughs> Met her in South Carolina. Uh, took her back to Iowa. We planted a church there. And her first winter in Iowa, I think the snow was the snow was on the ground like 119 straight days or something. And so she's like, I'm not sure this is going to work. So long story short, we ended up uh, in Houston. So that's where we're at now. Oh, so you you exchange snow for humidity. Snow for humidity is right. And that's yeah. better. Nah, some days, not during the summer. It's not during the winter. It is. So depends on the season. I miss the seasons. Houston doesn't have a lot of seasons. It's, it's hot a lot. So I miss that, but I don't miss the snow after the first couple of weeks and the, the bitter cold that, mm. you know, that from, you know, Michigan and stuff, but yeah, um, it gets, it gets cold. So. Yeah. Good. Well, we're glad to have you on. Chad, to talk about what you've been doing there and in Houston, and um, it's been fun to follow uh, vicariously through Andrew, and so um, uh, grateful that we can talk more about it. So, Chad, you have you have been all over. You guys have planted churches. You are now back in Houston, Texas, or not back, but you are in Houston, Texas. You've been here for a long time. Um, we, we talk about the Houston Church Planting Network, um, but for those who are uninitiated or haven't run across you all or us, um, what is Houston Church Planting Network? How did that get started? How long ago? What, what, are, we, what are we looking at? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I came to Houston originally to plant a church. So we even started something in our living room. This is back in Oh man, 2003 to that 2004, uh, after spending some time, like I mentioned in Colorado, South Carolina, Iowa, being involved in, in church planting. And so moved here, uh, to plant. My wife was from this area, as I had mentioned, and long story short, uh, a couple things I think were stirring, even though we were starting, God was stirring some other things up. Um, 
one, I felt lonely. So just kind of being by myself and just kind of felt the desire to kind of be connected to oh, other, not only other believers, but other <clears throat> leaders in the church, other churches, uh, other pastors, things like that. <clears throat> and probably a, a meeting, uh, not necessarily a meeting, but we, I was at a conference um, called, uh, what was it called? It was put on by Leadership Network, Camp Improv. Like, I forget, and so it was in Dallas, went up there and long story short, I ended up getting a chance to hang around Bruce Wesley, Mark Carden, a couple of the other pastors at Clear Creek Community Church, which was a, a church about 10 minutes from where I was living. And I was familiar with Clear Creek, had visited there and just kind of introduced myself, just kind of, they let me, I was by myself, I was supposed to go with someone else and they kind of let me hang around them and just kind of got to know them a little bit. Then as I got to know the church a little bit, kind of read some of the stuff that Bruce had put together and read his vision to see, hey, we want to be part of planting a, a thousand churches. And so long story short, that started some conversations. Uh, I remember just feeling a pull where the spirit seemed to be saying, hey, you need to talk to Bruce about possibly connecting with Clear Creek and what that could look like. So I just approached him and I said, hey, this is on my heart. Is something stirring? So long story short, this probably fast forward a little bit. Uh, I ended up coming on board uh, as the pastor of church planting and missions uh, there at Clear Creek. So probably 2004, 2005, somewhere in there. Um, yeah. And so really the first person in that role, they'd ever had a church planting pastor. Uh, they had planted, helped plant one church in Mexico at this time. Uh, the church was doing really well. Uh, but they really hadn't thought a lot about uh, church planting up to this point, even though it was in some of the original. Bruce was a church planner that helped assess church planners, and they had that heart. So I was kind of came on board to kind of help give leadership to that. So that's kind of where it began. And really, it was coming in with a clean slate. So, so there wasn't like, um, you know, we had like a whiteboard. It was it was white. There was nothing on it. There was no like, all right, missionaries that we had that we were supporting that we had to figure out or church plants. So we were really starting from a clean slate. So we really just developed kind of the vision there off of Acts 1-8. We thought, all right, let's look at scripture. That feels like a good place to good place to start. So, how novel. How novel. Yeah, how novel. Exactly. So, you know, where, you know, after the ascension, Jesus says, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uh, when the spirit comes on you uh, to the to the ends of the earth. So we really kind of built that kind of with that target driven uh, geography. I'd been really influenced by a missiologist named Dwight Smith, uh, who kind of been through a lot of his kind of uh, some of his teaching and been in the room with him a few times. And I think he really drilled submissional DNA into me. And part of that was like a target driven uh, mentality. So we kind of built kind of that vision for Clear Creek off of that. So our Jerusalem was really for us kind of what we call the Bay Area of Clear uh, of Houston. So Houston as a whole is, you know, it's 10,000 square miles. So, so big, big geography. So where we're at, we're not in the city. We're more of a suburb, Southeast side. So we kind of defined our boundaries. We gave a name to it. We call it the 4B area. The 4B marks our boundaries. The North is the beltway of our boundary. It's the road. The South is the beach. So we got Galveston. We run out of space. The Bay is our third one, uh, kind of on the east. And then the west, it, our west boundary is Bazoria County, that line there. So for us, it's the 4B area. It's not a perfect circle or square, kind of an amoeba shape, but that's really the geography. We've said, all right, it's our Jerusalem. Uh, we're going to take responsibility for every man, woman, and child in that geography, uh, hopefully having repeated opportunities to say yes or no to Jesus. So that was kind of our heart with our Jerusalem. And then so over time, we've just been committed to uh, church, church planting in that area, 
uh, starting site. So Clear Creek now has five sites. Um, we're four sites and then a Wednesday we do that functions as a separate service. Uh, we build partnerships with other churches in that in our Jerusalem because we realize, all right, Clear Creek's not the only church in that area that cares about lostness and brokenness uh, in our geography. And Can we work with other... In? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is an important part of this, this story. Um, and side note, Chad just kind of casually mentioned... Houston is 10,000 square miles. Uh, so that means if those who are nerds, um, Houston is bigger in square mileage than nine other states. So we fall between state, states uh, that like we're big. So when we're talking about a, a large square area for Houston, yeah. it's a very large square area. Um, now, when talking about this large square area, you were you were almost yada, yada, yadaing past the notion that Clear Creek started to reach out to other churches who were in the areas within the, the bees. Um, why? Why did you guys say, we cannot do yeah. this alone? Why did you start to link arms with others? Yeah, I mean, probably a couple reasons. I mean, one, the th I mean, it's probably a mindset. One, I mean, to kind of think you're the only church in the area I mean, that's just not, it's probably not one, not a biblical mindset and, and two, not a posture from humility, you know, just thinking, oh, we can get it done by ourselves, which just isn't true. I mean, it's really, it's going to take all of God's people um, to be involved in the mission and all of God's people just aren't at Clear Creek Community Church, right? Bay Area Community Church, they're at Heritage Park, they're at One Life. I'm kind of pointing out some churches in our area that we, we partner with. Um, so it's going to take all of the church uh, to really help uh, get after uh, God's mission together. So we had that that commitment, I think, from the beginning to be engaged in working with other churches. And what did that look like, Chad? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, just like, I mean, similar, you know, with when I'll, when I'll talk about HCPN, it's a similar of, you know, just building, building relationships. Uh, we talk in terms of, when we talk in terms of collaboration, we say it really has two wings of the airplane, right? Um, it's got uh, mission and relationships. Those are two wings of the airplane for the collaboration airplane. So the idea of mission is, all right, hey, we're about this geography. It's target driven. It's every man, woman, and child. For us at that time, it was 500,000 people in the in the 4B area. Now it's 620,000 people. So just thinking one church can't, Again, if we if Clear Creek had 10 campuses of 5,000 people each, we're still not getting 10% of that population, right? So it, it's kind of that mentality of, all right, we have a, a similar mission. Um, and so the other churches kind of share that similar similar mission. And that's another, I think, learn for us in collaboration, that context is such a... Uh, a, such a benefit when it comes to collaboration. When churches share the same context, it just helps fuel that uh, because you're on a similar mission. I mean, the church down the street is also committed to making disciples in this area. So let's find a way to work with them. So it's that that side of the, the, air, the wing. And then the other side of the wing is just relationships, which takes time, right? You know, it takes time to build relationships of trust, get to know other pastors, <clears throat> um, you know, probably a lot of cups of coffee. We talk, we'll talk a lot about, you know, it's sitting down, drinking tea, drinking coffee, just getting to know pastors and just know, letting them know, hey, we're not just trying to come across because we're, we're one of the largest churches, if not the largest churches in Galveston County. Um, so sometimes that can come across as a threat mm. um, and, and want to instead, you know, take a different posture. It's like, hey, we're for you. How can we work together? How can we partner? Um, so a, a lot of a lot of that mentality. So some of that's just building relationships. And then practically that gets worked out 
in a lot of ways. So now in the 4B area, so I think we have locally, we have like 30 some gospel partners, meaning their ministries, gospel centered ministries that are in the community in the 4B area that we work with. And also other churches work with those. So we were look for ways to partner with churches in those specific projects. Uh, during the hurricane, um, we started the uh, 4B disaster response. Um, so it was a col collaboration or collection of churches that kind of emerged out of the Hurricane Harvey and still exists. They're still doing work now, five years later, uh, working together. Um, most recently, we started a counseling center with another church that we're partnering together for the 4B area specifically. So it's not just one church, it's, it's churches working together. So that's, that's kind of a little bit of a feel for that. Mm. I, I want to drill down on the partnership discussions because that fascinates me. I mean, the reality of our day is that, uh, that we feel like Christianity is so fragmented that we're out to build our own brands in our area, uh, that we're trying to differentiate ourselves from other churches. But what you're talking about really is something quite different. So tell us a little bit about those partnership discussions. What went on in those conversations? What were the topics that you guys were seeing as important to bring you together to do the things that ultimately united you on that mission? Yeah, another, another good question. I think for me, uh, when it comes to partnership, I think for me, it's convictional. So I think it starts there. Um, so I remember, I mean, we talked about growing up. I remember where I was, you know how it is the first time you read a passage and it grabs you, you know, maybe sometimes you kind of remember where you were at and circum, you know, wherever it was. So I remember the first time, it may not have been the first time I read it, but the first time I read or got a hold of John 17, um, I was a high school student. And I remember just reading Jesus's words about, you know, his prayer really for, as he looked into the future about the church being one. And that, that was just impressed upon my heart as a high school student. So much so I started a high school group on campus to try to bring, you know, believers together in high school that carried on in college. So I've always kind of had kind of that DNA of, all right, I want the church to work together. And the more I've unpacked that passage, it's just, it just feels like, all right, our mission uh, as a church is more effective when we're together. Um, and I'm not saying that, um, our unity saves people. I'm not, you know, I'm not taking away anything from the cross. Don't hear that. But there's something happening as I read those verses in John 17, that it says the world, the world may know they're going to respond that and, and understand that Jesus, uh, came for them and that he loves them because of our unity. So for me, it's convictional on that partnership side, Michael. And so that's something that I haven't been to get away, away from. And I feel like when you kind of get that, it's like, all right, it's like a lifetime vision. It's like, all right, I can't get away from it. It's going to be, it's kind of shaped me for the rest of my life. So I think for early on the partnership, it's kind of convictional. And then, so when you're having those conversations, you can kind of see who the spirit is striking a match with, if that makes sense. That's kind of has a similar heartbeat. Uh, are they trying to build their kingdom or want to see God's kingdom come here in Houston? Um, it's, you know, it doesn't take too many conversations to kind of feel that out. Who's yeah. got a similar heartbeat? So, uh, okay. So now, when you've got these partnerships, right, and there's and there's this potential, right, this convictional grab of, hey, I hear, I, I hear what you're saying, and I see where you want to go. This is where I'm saying where what we are and where we want to go. Um, I'll just say historically and observationally, sometimes denominations just like to play in their own sandboxes. 
-hmm. and they don't really like to figure out how can we collaborate. So how have you guys approached this? How have you dealt with some of the denominational differences that you guys have found we can still unite and move forward convictionally? Yeah. So in related to HCPN or I would say, I literally realized that was uh, that was fast forwarding a conversation a bit. How did you initially deal with that uh, with Clear Creek? Um, Because if I'm not mistaken, Clear Creek is Southern Baptist. SBC. Yeah, we, we say interdenominational, but yeah, we've yeah. got we're Southern Baptist roots. Uh, okay. But we work with several. Yeah. 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 So, how did you all first deal with that? And then mm-hmm. I guess fast forwarding a little bit, how is HCPN dealing with that? Yeah. Well, I think for us from the beginning, it's like, all right, we're looking for churches that are committed to the gospel. Ultimately, that's that's where we say that this is our meeting meeting point. All right, we're meeting at meeting at the gospel, uh, both the proclamation and you know demonstration of the gospel. So, <clears throat> with that, I mean, again, it's a similar, you know, kind of similar feel. You'll see churches that are all right focused on that, or or you know focused on other things. And I think in terms of partnership, you're not going to get every church at the table, um, if that makes sense. So, that's a good way to say this. Um, so if say you've got the, the spectrum of churches, you know, for us, we're focused on the gospel, focused on church planting. You know, we may not get churches that may be, uh, I want to be kind, but at the same time, not committed to the gospel, maybe uh, leaning more, uh, what's the good word, liberal church. I don't know what you want to say, however you want to say it, um, but leaning that side, they're not thinking evangelism, let alone church planning. So they're not at they're not at the table. They're not churches we're necessarily running after. And then on the other side, you may have like maybe more fundamental churches that all right, we're, we're probably going to see you in heaven, but they're so committed to their truth or their version of the truth that uh, you. One of the things we found is a, a passion for truth and unity don't exist in the same church. And I'm not saying that a passion for uh, the truth, Jesus. Uh, but kind of their version of the truth, or maybe, you know, on secondary issues, this is the way to do things. If, if people are so committed to that, uh, they're not going to come to the collaboration table. So it's that middle kind of uh, pocket of churches that we're really uh, focused, focused in on working with. I don't know if that helps kind of clarify a little bit. Well, it does. And I find it funny because, well, I shouldn't say funny. Funny is the wrong word. I find it interesting because it's a breath of fresh air. And I almost feel like it it does echo that John 17 call for unity. It does echo kind of where we're driving, but it's so shocking just because, uh, I mean, I grew up Mm -hmm. non-denominational, but the only churches that we did stuff with were other non-denominational churches, right? That we were all part of, you know, I grew up in Indianapolis. And so that's a, that's a Mecca for like the Christian church which is non-denominational, but we're all the same. So it's like its own denomination. And we only played with each other. And we didn't really deal with the Baptists. We didn't, uh, we definitely didn't deal with any of the high church, uh, some of the the Episcopalian and the Lutheran, like that was all very foreign to me. And um, and that was the tone, at least when I grew up. I'm not saying that's the tone in Indianapolis anymore. I'm just saying that's what it was. And so um, I saw similar things when I was in Flagstaff, I saw similar things when I was in Tempe. And so coming to Houston, it's a 
it's a big change of pace. It's it's mm-hmm. a big encouragement that so many churches are willing to not lead first with their denominational boundaries. I'm not saying they're abandoning who they are. I'm not saying they've said, you know, who cares, uh, but that's not what they lead with. They lead mm-hmm. with the good news of Jesus Christ, with the gospel, mm-hmm. and, and they w- unite around that conviction and then say, okay, how can we do this together? And that just seems so different. Michael, I'm, I'm speaking from my Houston context. You know, I'm not trying to out where you are, but you know, is 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 what Chad's describing where we are is do you sense a change in that where you live as well? I hope we're moving in that direction. <laughs> uh, the, well, and that and this begs one of the questions, Chad. Uh, tell us a little bit about how diverse that network of churches is. Um, you you gave us the extremes that aren't coming into that yeah. network, but it, within the network itself, what are we talking about in terms of the diversity? Yeah, like ethnically or denominationally or both and. Both yes. and. So, yeah, I mean, I think if you come to one of our gatherings, like we do these gatherings for HCPN, you'll get a feel like, oh, man, this feels like a diverse room. Is it as diverse as Houston yet? No. Um, I mean, Houston's got, what, 350 people groups, 220 languages, so. We are not there yet, but we're growing in diversity and we want to work intentionally at that um, diversity. So we do have like even reflected in our residencies or some of the things we do, you'll see different ethnicities. Um, You know, even in this year's residency, we have um, Asian, uh, African-American, Caucasian, Hispanic. Uh, all represented together in the same cohort for residency. Uh, also, you'll see different networks and denominations at the table. So like we have an a- Anglican uh, guy in our residency this year, uh, Baptist, I'm trying to think other, I'm trying to think all the, in the, we talk in terms of HCPN as being a network of networks. And so we've probably got 35 different groups at the table. Um, so representing, you know, denominations like, like a Baptist, uh, SBTC, Texas Baptist, local Baptist associations. Uh, so there, you know, there's, this is Texas. So there's several Baptist different groups uh, at the table, uh, but we'll also have groups like Presbyterian groups, Bible church groups, uh, Vineyard, AG, Anglican, uh, different networks, like in Acts 29, we have ARC churches, um, you know, across, across the board. I know I'm leaving several out, um, but yeah, different, some Lutheran groups. So it's a different, it's a definitely a variety, which I love, which I love. And I love that for our res, you know, especially our, it's so fun to be, we intentionally design our residencies. We have a cohort that we do for our finishing residencies. We like them to be diverse. We like them to be diverse ethnically, regionally, if, in terms of where they're playing around Houston, but also, you know, denominationally, because I love the conversation, you know, where it's a safe place for uh, the planters to kind of process things off one another. And um, it's great because they grow to be great friends. And it's, I mean, it's a concept that, um, I think one of the things we we've learned, um, you know, in terms of, you know, what uh, it's not, it's, it's not really a, a difference in oh, doctrine that breaks down unity. I think it's a lack of love that really mm. breaks down unity. So when, what we've seen in the relationships, when people love each other, get together, they'll work those things out, even though there may be, uh, I got some theological differences, but it's like, oh man, this is my brother or sister and I love them. And because that relationship is so strong, they'll they'll figure out some of the theological or just agree to disagree and realize, all right, we'll figure this out in heaven. 
Uh, but but we can what, still love each other. We can still love each other, right? Yeah. That's the the mark of the church, anyway. So I think that's been a huge, uh, a huge thing, and that's why just bringing. That's why the relationship component is so important. Bringing people together, and um, I think so. One of the pieces I think we've seen, Andrew, you referenced Houston. I think what we've seen in Houston, I think you get that feel that the pastors they love one another if they, if they as they know each other. Well, what a great testimony to the, the world, really, to the city, that you have a, a diverse group of people that actually love one another. Yeah. Which is yeah. critical. I mean, I think Jesus did claim that they will, you know, they will know us by our love. Yeah. yeah right. And yeah. so um, that should be something we're striving for. That shouldn't be one of those verses we cast off, you know, only use for T-shirts or putting up in our homes, but then not live mm -hmm. out on a weekly basis. We're real good at that these days. Um, you hit a bunch of really wonderful and fascinating things. I know what you mean by our gatherings. Uh, our okay. listeners may not. And then you also referenced residencies. Our listeners may not know what those are or the levels of them. So can you talk about now the Houston Church Planting Network, which was grown out of your time at Clear Creek, you launched into, I'm, yeah, I'm telling a bit of your story. You, you jumped in, united with some original pastors about 12 years mm -hmm. ago. And mm -hmm. um, HCPN has been going for 12 years. It has steadily and slowly grown, as you said, over lots and lots and lots and lots of cups of coffee. Mm -hmm. So now, how many churches are a part of HCPN? And what are we doing to actually continue HCPN going? Yeah. So yeah, go, going back to the I'll kind of back up a little bit, but on the Acts 1 8, you know, that our Jerusalem, I talked about the 4B area. I know we got some of the partnership conversations, but <clears throat> as we looked at those verses, our ends of the earth was for Clear Creek, we do missions that results in church planting. So just philosophy there. Uh, and then as we looked at our Judea Samaria, we really said for us that was Greater Houston. And so I mentioned, you know, how big it is, um, the the diversity, uh, one of the fastest growing cities in the United States right now, it's 250 people a day, greater Houston is growing by. Um, so that kind of prompted like, all right, how do we really get after this city together? And again, it's like the same philosophy of the 4B area. Obviously one church can't take responsibility for 7 million people by themselves. So you have to have multiple churches working together. And so that's really kind of uh, was the springboard for for HCPN. And so we did a first gathering and it wasn't like, <laughs> you know, so it was like November or December, 2009. It wasn't like, hey, we're going to present the strategic plan of the Houston Church Planning Network. We didn't have a name. I mean, there was nothing like that. But at that first gathering, we said, we feel like God's stirring something. Uh, we want it to be about Houston. And again, talked about the city, talked about the need. We want to be about church planting, meaning that was going to be our organizing kind of principle. We're going to organize around seeing the multiplication of churches. And we wanted to function like a network. Or from the very beginning, we talked about being a network of networks. We realized we had to have multiple multiple tribes, denominations, networks at the table if we were really going to see something happen. Keller talks about that. He released a He's got a quote. He wrote an article called Movement Dynamics that came out about that same time in 2009, where he says, if you're really going to reach a city, you got to have multiple denominations, networks, ministries that are gathering around a core of, multi of church multiplication. So there's probably some Keller influence in there as well, which isn't a bad person to be influenced by. Um, so it was kind of that what was stirring. So we did an initial gathering. Uh, and it was mainly church planners, maybe one or two established churches. We had been doing a coaching center and a residency just in-house at Clear Creek. And it was like, 
hey, here's the vision. Don't have a name for it. I remember someone said, hey, why don't you just call it the Houston Church Planning Network? Anyways, that's what's stuck. We're not one of those created ephesiology people that are creative with names and uh, <laughs> things like that. Um, so that's what's stuck. But really, after that first meeting, it was like, it was crickets afterwards. It wasn't like, yes, <laughs> Houston is saying it wasn't anything like that. It was like uh, crickets. You know, the church planners in the room were like, man, thanks for lunch. This is awesome. I'll be back. But established churches are like, all right, we got our own thing to do. Good luck with that. So and so really for the first several years, we continued to meet. We felt like, all right, let's just keep let's just keep meeting and see what happens. And so we'd meet once a month, usually, you know, 25 to 40 uh, planters from around the city, something like that, you know, sometimes maybe 15, uh, other times, maybe 50, something like that. Um, where we just meet, we'd have a speaker somewhere from around Houston, talk something about church planning, continue to share the vision. This is where we believe God's going to go, where we want to go. Um, and, and that was it. And so at that time it was just still, again, a lot of relationship building for that first three or four years. Um, and then it was probably about, you know, I think, Oh, I have to go back to my calendar. 2013, maybe somewhere in there. I think the fall of 2013, we had one of our gatherings and it was just different. I think we had a few other key people in the room. It was at Kingsland, Bruce, our lead pastor, cast vision. And I think something just clicked. It was almost like the spirit said, all right, now it's time, you know, something like that and begin to get a lot of momentum off of the, after that gathering and the momentum, you know, we'd always had kind of church planners coming to the table, but more established churches uh, began to say, Hey, we want to be a part of this. Um, and so I think from that time on, you know, it was really kind of seeing momentum built. So now over the years, you know, we've got, I think you know, probably 135 churches now that are part of HCPN, you know, still a lot of the church plants. I think, you know, 80 over 80 of those are new church plants in the last decade. Um, Again, multiple denominations, diversity. I'm so excited about that. Feel like we still got a long way to go. It feels like we just scratched yeah, the surface truly. with that, but uh, it's a it's a start. And then you know what we do now. We you know we've talked about those gatherings. We've continued to do those. It's been pushing the flywheel for us. So we meet monthly, or usually about nine times a year, yeah. uh, with yeah. those. And those are just a time to again build relationships, cast vision, be encouraged, hear something about church planting. So just again keep pushing the flywheel. If you're new to Houston, hopefully you'll, you'll show up to one of those or hear about them and um, get together with other people and realize, all right, you're not the only crazy one who's, who wants to plant a church. There's other crazy people in this city. So those are our gatherings. We actually celebrated our hundredth gathering in August uh, of this year. So we've been doing those, doing those a while. Um, And so a couple other things we do, we do residencies. You heard me mention that. Uh, So we started with what we call the finishing residency. Those for, those that will plant churches within about a year uh, kind of realize we need to do a better job with the pipeline. So we've got a foundational residency for those that are kicking the tires for church planting. Um, that's probably further out or still pursuing church planting. And then uh, we've got a post kind of after you launch, we call fortifying cohorts that are kind of built on. Um, all right. You've got your prospectus and realize now you've planted. All right. You can throw that out because now everything changes in the real world. So kind of processing what you're learning in the fortifying cohorts, that's residencies. And then we continue to do our other kind of lever, if you you would. So we got gatherings, residencies. We just say we're facilitating collaboration every chance we get. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it could be between churches, between regions, um, between denominations. So we'll bring the network leaders together probably three times a year where we're sharing best practices, trying to learn from one another, one another, um, the different networks that are kind of connected to HCPN. 
um, and partnering together. Uh, we're, we're now beginning to do some regional stuff, uh, trying to, again, you heard how big Houston was. So trying to be strategically about, think strategically about how we uh, break up Houston and be more um, proactive in different geographies around the city. So that's a little bit kind of the, some of the things we're doing with HCPN right now. That sounds a, a lot more than just a little bit. That sounds <laughs> that's like a whole lot. Just thinking, <laughs> yeah. That's a lot more than just some no, of the things that you've been yeah, doing. Yeah. So it's, it's built over time, you know, it's little by little, right? So. Yeah. Neat. Well, share with us, Chad, the vision, what, what are you guys hoping to see happen? Not just in Houston, but even around the country. Yeah. I think out of our last board meeting, um, we had, I think three primary initiatives that we're really praying towards and moving forward. Uh, one was uh, increasing the commitment to prayer and fasting uh, in our city as kind of the, the, uh, really the impetus for, for church planting. I mean, if you read the, you know, church planting movements, Garrison talks about, all right, every church planting movement, you know, it's a strong commitment to corporate prayer, right? So every, and every movement you've seen down in history, uh, seems to have prayer at the, at the roots. So, uh, we're committed to that again, not, not just as a strategy, uh, although yeah. I like <laughs> strategically, we, we but, checked our box on prayer. Yeah, yes. exactly. It's like, how do how are we really seeking the face of God together? I mean, that's really our heart with that. Um, and so we're really diving into that. We've got some things coming up this fall that are kind of helping us move that direction uh, with prayer and fasting. Uh, another one is, all right, we want to, you know, how do we, how does gospel saturation for us? We don't want it to just be a theme. Uh, we want it again to be something we are truly getting after. Uh, so the hope is to go to to grow to 400 churches in the next five years that are working together uh, really to see Houston saturated with the gospel. So part of that is developing a regional strategy, developing a, a better partner strategy, things like that. So that's something we're working on. There's a kind of a lot of tentacles to that or uh, different parts of helping develop that. I think developing the pipeline for more church planners is also a part of that is something we're working on. And the third thing is uh, we've started some we're just calling city networks. And it's, it's again, more like how we've started HCPN. It's, it's not like, all right, here's a great strategic plan. Uh, but I think we saw something, we were getting a lot of calls uh, from different cities or leaders in different cities the last several years, um, where the spirit seems to be striking a match in those places as well. It's like, all right, this, it's like a, what I, I vision this kind of boiling pot you know how water begins to boil and you begin to see like all right, a few bubbles here and there. And that's what, I, that's what I, you know, in the last five years, you'd see a few, few of these. And now it feels like it's happening like this uh, as to, in terms of collaboration in cities or, or churches or leaders coming together. And I think just because maybe they've heard of HCPN or we've been doing a little bit longer, they're like, Hey, can you tell us what you're doing, what you've learned? And so we did our first learning lab uh, actually just a few weeks ago in September, we had 13 different cities in three of those were global cities. Uh, 10 others from around the United States that are trying to pursue something similar, not just an HCN vision, but a vision for their city around collaboration, around multiplication, uh, cross-denominationally, really a trans-local um, initiative for their city. So, and my Excel file now probably has 30 to 40 cities or places that I know of people that are working on that. So um, I, I think that's just stirring something up with that. So we you know, if we can help with that, we want to, and uh, we're excited about what uh, what's what's moving that what seems to be moving that direction. 
Well, that is exciting, Chad, to hear what God is doing, what he has done uh, through the efforts there. And I love the fact that there's such an emphasis on unity and love, uh, laying aside our doctrinal differences and really treating each other like brothers and sisters in Christ, like we are. So I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I think my bonus question after all that we have heard about HCPN, what it has been, how it came, how it's operating and where it's going. Um, one of the things that I at least want to try to always mention or think about when we have guests on podcast is w- how are we actually seeing lostness impacted, mm-hmm. right? Like, is this another rah, 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 Christians feel good about being Christians, uh, but the the lost world remains lost. Like how is HCPN impacting those who don't yet know Jesus? Yeah. I mean, I mean, well, I think we've all seen the statistics on church plants, right? Church plants tend to reach, you know, I mean, going back to Keller's why plant churches article uh, that's Mm. now 20 plus years old, but kind of some of the statistics on that, that, you know, more people are going to tend to find Jesus in a, in a church plant that maybe haven't come to church before. Not that they're not coming to Christ in other churches, but just percent wise. So I think that's one of the reasons we built it around uh, the or- organizing principle has been church planting. Uh, so that's been our heart. So obviously we want to see churches that are <clears throat> not are being planted, not by our, we're sending a whole bunch of people from other churches or gathering from other churches, but uh, hopefully we're uh, reaching, reaching lostness and planting out of the harvest. So that's ultimately our heart. Now, do we have some great statistics? Hey, let me pull these out. No, but do we have stories? Yeah, there's a lot of stories, uh, but I feel like, man, we need, we need more. And some of that's right. A move of God, right. We want to see people. The hope is that, all right, we, there's tons of gospel sowing going on. And that's what one of our board members, Jeremiah talks about, you know, he talks about movements. You see him at a, at a crossroads, always at a crossroads of unified corporate prayer and intentional gospel proclamation. And he talks Mm -hmm. about that crossroads. And I think uh, that's something we're focused on as well is like, all right, that's why we're doing what we're doing. Right. We want to see, Uh, lost people come to know, come to know Jesus ultimately. So if we're not, then it's probably time to fold HCPN. Pack it up. Yep. Well, the other day we were gathering, I think this may have been at the hundredth gathering. Um, was it Bruce? Who, who, I can't remember if it, it was, it was, it may have been Bruce, but it was just a graphic, right? It was just a, it was a photo. It was like a mosaic and yes. um, there was just a whole bunch of people. And I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes I just tune out those big, large mosaics because I was like, that looks cool. But, you know, how many stock photos did they put together to make that wonderful looking (laughs) image? And uh, and so I that's where my mind had gone. And then again, it is either you or Bruce, but somebody came up and said, just so you know, everybody who's in this photo behind us, um, they've come to Christ because of one of the churches that HCPN has either planted or partnered with. Yeah. And, and it was, it was shocking. It was stark because again, maybe it was because of what I read into that photo, you know, large photo, lots and lots of different faces. I don't know them. I I almost don't care. And then to be like, no, 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 (laughs) these are the faces. These are the, The these are the people who now know Jesus um, through the efforts of us collaborating as churches. And it was very moving. And I was, it, it just hit me in my spirit in a different way. So I know it's happening and I'm very excited that it's happening, but I never, ever, ever want us to lose sight 
of that mission, right? On the yeah. two two yep. wings of collaboration. I love the relationship. I think the relationship is what pulls so many of us back into continuing on with HCPN, but it's holding tight to the mission and never mm -hmm. losing sight of it. That is just so invigorating. Well, Chad, um, thank you for your time today. Um, if anybody was stirred by what they heard from you or are now interested in figuring out what's going on in their city, how would they reach you? Yeah, you can email me at chad at hcpn.org. Uh, that's probably the best way. I'm usually pretty good at email. So you can hit me up there, chad at hcpn.org, or you can look at the hcpn.org website or uh, citynetworks.org website as well. Uh, that's, that's some information. That's, it's so great. And I know that we, we've kind of like just scratched the surface of what HCPN is doing and where God's moving. Uh, so I hope that you, the listener, um, are excited uh, by what you've heard and, and want to know more. So please reach out to Chad. Um, if you have heard other things as a part of the Ephesiology podcast, we would invite you to jump online, go to ephesiology.com, uh, engage with us on Facebook, or check out masterclasses.ephesiology.com. Uh, to find out more about how you can grow in your theological education and continue to impact the area that God has placed you for his name and for his kingdom. So for Chad, for Michael and myself, thank you for joining us on Ephesiology.